0: Omajuna Trimalandasya Juna Salakaya Chakshuran Melitanyena Tismaya Sri Guru Namaha Pancha Kapadubhish Chakupasiddhna Beva Chak Patitanam Pamanay Bhova Namaha So, good evening everyone. Good evening everyone. Continuing with our discussion of Śrīla Jīva Swami's tattva sindarva. we're coming to the middle of the tattva and finishing up with his discussion of pramāna or his method of determining the absolute best source for knowledge so we're just going to finish that this evening we will uh, do a Summarizing class Saturday evening, and then next week we'll begin with uh, pramea, the object of knowledge. So we're gonna we've covered what is the method of acquiring knowledge. What is the what is the topmost aspiration? The topmost knowledge to be aspired for, to be had. That is uh, pramea. So well, we can chant together his invocational verse. This is uh, the very first verse of uh, the Tattva uh, We can chant responsively. Krishna varnam tuisa Krishna, Krishna varnam tuisa Krishna. Varnam krishnam, sango pangastraparsadam, Sango pangastra Parsadam Yajnai sankirtana prayar, Yajnai sankirtana prayar. Yajanti hisumeda Yajanti hi In the age of Kali, intelligent persons perform congregational chanting to worship the incarnation of Godhead, who constantly sings the names of Krishna. Although his complexion is not blackish, he is Krishna himself. He is accompanied by his associates, servants, weapons, and confidential companions. So we were at the 24th Anucheda. Srila Jiva Goswami has established the descending sound, subda, apurusheya, non human coming from the transcendental realm. So, Purushaya Subdha Praman. The topmost Praman evidence available to humanity regarding the absolute knowable object is scriptural knowledge. And the scripture that is recognized by all the major spiritual lineages is the Vedic literature. Of the various divisions of Vedic literature, the Vedas themselves, Vedanta Sutra, which is a commentary on those Vedas, what is the essence of those Vedas, all the other texts of scripture, which are apurusheya, descending, non-human, coming from the transcendental realm, the Puranas, Itihashas, of which the foremost is the Mahabharata, and of all this transcendental sound vibration, Jiva Goswami has taken us through an analysis of all that various spiritual literature, scripture. In earlier ages of mankind, this knowledge was not passed down in a written form. It was passed down from teacher to student, and in earlier ages, the qualifications of the students were much uh much more refined and uh than ours today. Of course, their environment their circumstance was much better off their facilities they lived in one body for a considerable amount of time, they had perfect memory uh, in the beginning ages, the earlier ages in the cycle of time referred to as Yuga cycle, four Yugas Satya Yuga, uh, lifespans were a uh, 100,000 years in one body the method of realization was that of meditation, you had enough time to get it right we're living here trying to come to a stage of of entering into uh, deeply into Samadhi on the lord's holy name, but we have such a limited time a hundred years they live for you know a hundred thousand years. We were just infants trying to enter into the holy name and that 's the most uh, the easiest uh, method of meditation mantra meditation and their methods were uh they had they had plenty of time to perfect it and there were no outside distractions they didn't have barking dogs. they didn't have barking dogs they didn't have cars uh, they had wonderful wonderful arrangements uh, for their living no concerns no political upheaval no terrorism no dog eat dog world so to speak and coming forward in time Mankind, humanity, has uh, has gradually dwindled in their uh, abilities, and according to their this changing of of time, the methods of self-realizations have also been adapted by the saint, the, the sages, uh, accordingly. Uh, so, what was once uh, acquired by meditation was uh, this was soon replaced by by great sacrifices to be replaced by temple worship coming to this age of Kali where now the method as we chanted at the beginning of our class this evening the saw those that are intelligent superbly intelligent in this age uh, we have a very ex- extraordinary uh, opportunity made available and we can quite kind of understand that whenever we see somebody who has Uh, some real deficiencies. We go out of our way to help them. Similarly, Krishna being the most compassionate, seeing our miserable condition, our short lives, our infantile brains, uh, has given us a very simple method for for advancement in spiritual life and self-realization. So before all these literatures, they were not They were not written down. There was not need for that. People had brain substance that was so superior that we would consider them all geniuses uh, uh, beyond our even IQ measurement standard. They could remember anything and everything that they heard from from their mentors, from their gurus, their sages, their saints, simply by hearing it once. And in this age, we have a hard time remembering hardly anything. What we did yesterday is sometimes even a struggle. What we have to do today, that's a struggle. What someone just asked us to do, that's sometimes a struggle. That's that's our dilemma in this age. So everything has been written down, uh, written down by the Lord himself in a manifestation. Someone to scribe everything. So Srila Vyasadeva presented all this copus of Vedic knowledge in a written format he wrote down the Vedas the four Vedas uh, the Vedanta Sutra and presented the uh, the Itihasa the Mahabharata often referred to as the fifth Veda and the Puranas the Upanishads, come Upanishads are the fourth division of the Veda and the Vedanta Sutra is a commentary on those Upanishads mm. So we're now to the position where Jiva Goswami's taken us through, given us a tour of all these various spiritual literatures, transcendental literatures, sound vibration that is that is not human, non-human, Purusha, that can benefit us uh, both materially and spiritually. It's free of the defects of humanity. Its objective is simply for the good of humanity, whether in material affairs or in spiritual affairs. The whole objective of these literatures is to give knowledge to humanity that will serve them well according to their mentalities, their position. But for our purposes, for the purposes of Jiva Goswami in presenting what is the absolute truth, he wants to give us the topmost method of, of knowledge. And in going through this analysis of tra- descending sound vibration, we come to this stage in his presentation of epistemology, valid methods of acquiring knowledge, where he is making his case beyond any reasonable doubt that of all that Vedic literature... The Srimad Bhagavatam is the spotless Purana, and it is our topmost Pramana, if we are interested in acquiring that topmost position of knowledge of the Supreme Absolute Truth. So this evening, uh, we're going to go through the last few anuchedas, uh to conclude this section of, of Bhagavat Epistemology. We started with, with the Vedic epistemology. The, what gives credence uh, to the Vedas themselves, and now we're to—he's—he's he's limited his scope of explanation by eliminating and proving that of all these Vedic literatures, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Bhagavat Purana, the second Bhagavat Purana that Śrīla Vyāsadeva compiled under the direction of Nārāda, bringing out the essence of the position of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That is the topmost. Anucheda 24. Yes, we went through last week um, the gradual evolution of theistic thought in hum- in human society um, after The Vedic Purushaya knowledge was basically pushed aside by the Lord himself in his incarnation as Lord Buddha. Mankind had become fallen to the extent that they were misusing the prescriptions in the Veda to such an extent that it was creating pain and suffering for other living entities. So he came as Lord Buddha and, and set that aside and then we went through last time, how step by step the Lord came as Buddha, then he sent Lord J- Shiva to get humanity back on track with the Vedas in the, by simply taking them off a voidistic objective, that actually it all ends in voidism, to a spiritual objective, but also non-dual and also, what, advaita Brahman, merging into the Brahman, very akin to Buddhism, but Nirvasesha, not Sunyavadi, not voidness, not nothingness, not Nirvana, but distinctionless spiritual existence as the ultimate objective. And then, Ramanujacharya, Madhavacharya, Charya step-by-step, coming into full-fledged theism as what's really presented in the Vedas, culminating in the manifestation of the Lord again as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, introducing the topmost presentation of theistic thought. And that's what we're blessed with now. And that's what the Srimad Bhagavatam delivers to us in a spotless way. Going forward, Madhavacharya wrote Bhagavat Tatparya, a gloss of the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, because of concern over the influence of commentaries of Sankaracharya's disciples like Punyaranya. We know that Sankaracharya had such great respect, of course this is Lord Shiva, Coming in a disguised form and giving some interpretation to Vedic knowledge to capture the to capture the minds of uh, of those Buddhist Buddhist followers of Buddha who were who were into uh, voidism in coming forward and switching the gradually turning them towards the Veda again, he had to do it in such a way that he gave his own interpretation. But that interpretation did not include an understanding of the personality of the Supreme, just his impersonal aspect. Now, there's some some very nice uh, writing that Sankaracharya did. He he presented some nice uh, poems, actually, praising Govinda and Krishna. And they're very, very revealing. And they're all based upon the content of the Srimad Bhagavatam. In doing that, since he took content from the Bhagavatam and wrote these beautiful prayers to the personality of the Supreme, his disciples said, oh, well, that's like a commentary on the Bhagavatam, not knowing that he purposely didn't want to write a commentary on the Bhagavatam because in doing so there's no way you can write a commentary on the Bhagavatam that arrives at an impersonal conclusion. It's not possible. But of course, there were some upstarts. So therefore, as they, and specifically one one disciple of Sankacharya is mentioned here, uh Punyaranya, he commented on the on the Bhagavatam. So when Madhvacharya of Vaishnav saw this, he was immediately appalled. Oh well, now the Sankarites are are commenting on the Bhagavatam. Uh, I have to give our, the proper conclusion. Uh, he did so. Bhagavata Tapparya is his uh, contribution. This cheda goes on to to begin to praise the speaker of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Sukadeva Goswami. And Jiva Goswami quotes a verse from the Bhagavatam, the first canto, 1341, Srila delivered it to his son, speaking of the Srimad Bhagavatam, who is the most respected amongst the self-realized after extracting the cream of all Vedic literatures and histories of the universe. So we're going to, a little repetition, I I kind of went a little into this amucheta at the end of last class, the the exalted position of Sukadeva Goswami. Then he quotes a, a, Uh, Jiva goes forward and he he quotes a verse from the end of the Bhagavatam Srimad Bhagavatam is declared to be the essence of all Vedic philosophy Uh, one who has felt satisfaction for its nectarine mellow will never be attracted to any other literature it's like that little flute sound you may hear from the banks of the Yamuna if you once go there and begin to hear that flute sound don't expect to again return to your material life because it will not be possible. It will capture your heart and capture your whole essence, your whole being. So now similarly, at the end of Bhagavatam, the same the same glorifications given. Start to read Bhagavatam and nothing else is going to capture you again like Bhagavatam does. It will capture your intellect and it will rule your heart the more you enter into its mystery, he goes on to co- quote another verse uh, from the Bhagavatam, speaking of the of the of the nectar of the Bhagavatam for the liberated souls. This is from the uh, first canto, first chapter, third verse. Nigama kapa taror gali phalam. It's that ripened fruit. It doesn't even have a skin. It doesn't even have a pit. It's completely relishable. Entirely. There's nothing to be discarded there. You can consume it all because it's all purely transcendental. Then, Jiva Goswami quotes a verse from the end of the Bhagavatam for the conditioned living entities who approach Bhagavatam. Let let me offer my respectful obeisances unto him, Sukha, Sukhadeva Goswami, the spiritual master of all sages, the son of Vyasadeva who, out of his great compassion for those gross materialists who struggled to cross over the darkest regions of material existence, spoke this most confidential supplement to the cream of Vedic knowledge after having personally assimilated it by experience. From the topmost liberated personalities to those that are still immersed in Material existence, Srimad Bhagavatam can be relished by both classes of men, from the topmost to the gross materialist, from the beginning to the end of the Bhagavatam. The conclusions about reality embodied in Srimad Bhagavatam preside over all other philosophies. Sukadev became the guru of everyone present. This will come out more in the next Dhanucheda. Let me share... Sankaracharya's Govindastika. I'll read one or two of them, just so you can get a a feel for appreciation of the message of Srimad Bhagavatam and the the object of the study of Bhagavatam. May the self be devotionally offered to Sri Govinda, who is inherently of the nature of transcendental bliss, bliss, He is Gopal, the protector of the cows, who appeared in the form of a cowherd boy to enact his pastimes on earth, and who thus lived as one amongst us, one amongst the cowherd clan. He is Gopal, who enacts sublime pastimes, such as his amorous dalliances with the youthful cowherd women, and his lifting over on hill to protect the cowherd people. Even the cows called him by the name Govinda, and so he has unlimited names. He is distinct amongst the cowherd boys and is beyond sense perception. Doesn't sound like a Maya body. No, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> They're all wonderful, wonderful prayers. I'll read one more. A person who has fully imbibed this Govindastika through regular recitation and reflection, this is his benediction, whose consciousness has been devotionally offered to Govinda, this is Sankaracharya, the king of Mayavati. who and who sweetly chants, O Govinda, Achuta, Madhava, Vishnu, Galoka, Nayaka, Krishna, thus cleansing away all his sins with the ambrosial water of meditation of the lotus feet of Sri Govinda, such a person certainly attains, Sri Govinda, the supreme everlasting bliss, present as interior ever to consciousness itself. So we can see, and that's just some, there's more. Uh, we could study all of them just to see the the deep philosophical points being made by uh, by Sankaracharya. Let us move forward to Anuchetas 25. The speaker of Srimad Bhagavatam, Sri Sukadeva Goswami, is the crest jewel of illuminated sages. So now Jiva is speaking to the qualifications of the speaker of the Bhagavatam. Again, we've seen through, repeatedly through these Anacetas, his giving qualifications to the Vedas, his giving of qualifications. What's the qualification for a Purushaya knowledge, Pramana, for the Vedas, for the Puranas, for the Mahabharata. Step by step he's qualified all these things, and now he's qualifying Sukadeva Goswami again to give to give emphasis to the spotless nature of the Bhagavata Purana. And he quotes verses here from the Srimad Bhagavatam, and he speaks of that period, that portion of the Bhagavatam which deals with Sukadev Goswami arriving on the scene. As we know, all the great sages, celestial sages, sages from the heavenly planets and the the earthly sages, and the, they came to this great gathering when they heard that Maharaj Parikshit had, had made a determination. They came on the plea of going on pilgrimage along with their disciples. So it must have been quite a quite a gathering. It says, celestial sages, brahmana sages, royal sages, Vedic sages, from throughout the whole universe arrived. A quote of a verse from the Bhagavatam, O trust-ready, worthy brahmanas, I now ask you about my immediate duty. So he's greeted them, he's sat them down, he's paid his respects to all these great sages, and now he places his question. What's my immediate duty? He's told them I've made the determination that my offense is, is the will of providence, and therefore I've made a determination to fast until death as atonement for insulting a brahmana. So what's my immediate duty? What do I do now? Please, after proper deliberation, tell me of the unalloyed duty of everyone in all circumstance, he wants the topmost for everyone in all circumstance and specifically for those that are about to die. So what what is that duty which is the topmost top of all duties? At that very moment, he asked the question. At that moment, Sukadev Goswami arrives. Women and children in tow. I'm sorry, don't misunderstand. Not his women and children. He traveled the earth as an avidute. He had no so standing in society, no social position. He had no interest whatsoever in material affairs. He arrives on the scene. Here he is, a naked 16-year-old boy, coming into this assembly, followed by women and children. Who they're attracted to his... There's something about him. Something in, in the way he is, his constant they're like, well, yeah, I want to be around this guy. So they're following. He immediately he goes into the assembly in this condition, and immediately all the sages, imagine all these sages and their disciples, they immediately stand to receive him. You can try to comprehend the scene. <laughs> they immediately felt his spiritual Position. They knew. And these were not, there were some pretty heavyweight sages there, including his spiritual master and his spiritual master's spiritual master. They were also there. There were even avatars of the Supreme Lord there Parasharam and Vedavyas. They all rose and offered respect to Sukadeva Goswami when he entered this this assembly. All the sages rose to honor him. He appeared extraordinarily resplendent, like the moon surrounded by planets, constellations, and stars. In the commentary it mentions, just like Sukadeva Goswami was a moon surrounded by constellations and stars, we can see that the Srimad Bhagavatam itself is the moon of all spiritual literatures, surrounded by all other Vedic literature, scripture. It's that prevalent, so prevalent that it's a light unto itself. The other literatures don't light, give light to the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam gives light to all the other Vedic literature. It's like the sun. It's arisen after the departure of Lord Krishna for his own abode. It's that powerful. Anucheta twenty six, Srimad Bhagavatam is self-authoritative. And when Sukadev Goswami began to narrate Srimad Bhagavatam in that assembly, both Vyasudev and Narda felt that they'd never heard it before. So again, speaking to the to the nature of the speaker, he was be able to present it in such a way that even the author and the Guru of the author felt enlivened, like they'd never heard it presented that way. Jiva Goswami goes on to quote another verse from the Bhagavatam. This Bhagavat Purana is as brilliant as the sun, Krishna Swa Dhammapagate. The very second verse of the Bhagavatam speaks to its uh, virtues. It reveals the supreme Dharma devoid of all deception and compromise. He mentions in his Anucceda the Bhagavatam speaks in all three voices. What are those three voices? Speaks like the Veda. The Veda speaks what? Like a master. Do this. But, there's no buts. Why? There's no whys. When we approach the Veda, the Veda says, "This, this, this is the way it's done." So, as a master speaks, the Bhagavatam speaks at times. As a friend, how's a friend speak? Convincingly, like the Puranas, giving some narration, some story, some circumstance, so that we can understand it and 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 apply it to ourselves as a friend would give knowledge. It's given to you in your best interest, but not in a way that's like a ruler, do this or else. It's like the Puranic stories are meant to give us transcendental knowledge and spiritual, experiential knowledge as a friend. And then also, the Srimad Bhagavatam speaks to us in the third way, in the way of a lover. And the lover... The lover speaks in, uh, in a very charming way uh, to capture the heart. In sweet language and indirectly, doesn't come right out. It's, it's already, these things are understood between lovers, how, they, how the communication is there. Srimad Bhagavatam is not dependent on the Vedas. It stands on its own. And repetition of a good thing is a good thing. And he will make the point again and again. And we, what do we come away with? we come away with a concrete sense of the importance of what he's, the knowledge he's giving us. Srimad Bhagavatam is the highest manifestation of Shruti, the original Vedas. It's the highest manifestation of the Shruti. And it's intended for one audience in particular, Sattvati, the pure Vaishnavas. Another distinction of Sukadev Goswami is his spiritual master, and even his spiritual master's spiritual master, both Srila Vyasadeva and Nardamuni. They uh, they're sometimes called upon in circumstances to speak on other matters, on karma, on jnana, on yoga, depending on the questions that are presented to them, and you know the audience. That they're addressing. Whereas Sukadev Goswami, his speaking is only on the Bhagavatam. So, again, the Bhagavatam's greatness it has an unparalleled author, it has an eminent speaker, and it has an elevated audience. So, all these combine together to make that assembly and the presentation of the Bhagavatam by Sukadev that much exalted. There's no recorded history of any scripture having such an audience except maybe the passing of Bishma, because you have Krishna there and, and Krishna's eternal associates. So that was also quite extraordinary. But what was the objective of that meeting? The objective of that meeting was to do what? To get Yudhisthira to take up the throne and to give up his dejection after the battle. So the objective of the instructions that were given to him by Grandfather Bhishma were to what? Reinstate him in ruling for the benefit of humanity. What's the objective of Sukadev in his instructions to Maharaj Pariksit to answer his inquiry? What is the best, the absolute best for humanity and specifically for someone who is about to die? So Sukadeva had no need to dilute for any religious purpose what was presented in that assembly when he gave Srimad Bhagavatam to Maharaj Pariksit. Srimad Bhagavatam removes the ungodly material desires from the heart and instills devotion to the Lord through ambrosial narrations. That concludes the epistemology section of the Tatva-sandharva, there are two Anachetas given by Jiva Goswami before he enters into Pramaya, the ontology, what is the objective of knowledge. So how do we acquire knowledge? We've come to what? Srimad Bhagavatam is the essence of all knowledge. Now we come to two Anachedas giving the methodology of the satva how is Jiva Goswami going to present the knowledge? What methodology is he going to use? It's pointed out that these two anachitas are imperative for understanding Jiva Goswami's strategy for analyzing Srimad Bhagavatam, Pramana for self-disclosure of ultimate reality. So this is going to provide us with the manner used by the author to present his entire anthology, The whole satsandarbha. This is how he's going to proceed. If we can bear in mind, as we study the remainder of the satsandarbhas, this methodology, what it mentions is this will allow us a systematic self-realization, self-revelation of the metaphysics of the Bhagavad. That's pretty profound. These are important Anochetas. It will allow us with a systematic self-revelation of how the Bhagavatam effectuates our spiritual realization. So just to keep it in mind. What do we need to keep in mind? Anuchedha 27. Jiva Goswami says, Our explanation of the Srimad Bhagavatam verses will serve as sutras. The Srimad Bhagavatam texts itself that he's going to present in the Anocetis will serve as the scriptural text to be analyzed and the commentary will be an explanation of those verses as given by Sridhar Swami he's really qualifying his presentation of the Bhagavatam here for us that he's taking what? Sridhar Swami's commentary on the Bhagavatam as the what? quintessential presentation in his day. Now he's also going to mention in the next Anacheda the works of Madhavacharya. Primarily, he's going to base his under his his commentary on the on the Srimad Bhagavatam verses that he'll present to give us an understanding of the methodology of the Bhagavatam primarily On Shridhar Swami's Bhagavatam. Then he goes on to qualify it a little bit. Because what? Shridhar Swami's commentary on the Bhagavatam was also a transitional commentary. Let me explain what that means. Just like Sankaracharya. Transitional. So also Shridhar Swami, some of his commentary does contain Sankaracharya's philosophy of Advaita Bhad. What do we call that? Radical non-dualism. So radical it doesn't make sense. It's a conjecture. Jiva Goswami says here, I'm only going to use Sridhar's commentary on the Bhagavata Purana where it conforms with pure Vaishnavism. And where he presents Sankaracharya's Advaitavad radical non-dualism we're not going to use that. Then he goes on to give us knowledge of what well why aren't you going to use all of his commentary? So he answers that question. Sridhar Swami's views I will also use from his other writings that weren't in the Bhagavatam that are also in conformity with pure Vaishnavism. And I'm also going to base my explanations on the authoritative writings of Ramanujacharya, such as his Sri Bhashya. And then he, he, he mentions the glory of Ramanujacharya as being the representative of the Sri Sampradaya, the Lakshmi, Lakshmi Devi Sampradaya. A huge amount of followers, so much so that it's even mentioned in the Bhagavatam itself. In the 11th canto, the huge amount of Vaishnavas coming from Dravida, And then he ends this Anucceda by saying that he is not going to discuss Advaita Bhad at length. He's not going to enter into that deeply. It has no substance anyway, so why why waste your time with it? So we've made it halfway through the Tapas and I hope it's uh, been somewhat helpful in uh, highlighting uh, the way uh, we as Gaudiya of Aishnavs look to the Srimad Bhagavatam as our Praman, as our evidence, over and above anything else. So, are there any questions? Yeah, I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sridhar Swami was before Shankaracharya or after? That's my first question. After? After. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, Sridhar, did I understand that I did correctly, what, that you said that Sridhar Swami, his commentary on on Bhagavatam was also uh, using some uh, advaita Vedantins? Yes, I'm and going subjects. to touch upon that in the next class. Ah, okay. It was a one of those relative things uh, that a guru does. Something like he just put it only in uh, only his commentary, so... That would be like extra support that even No no no. He 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 sprinkled it's explained like this. He and this is this is the way Jiva explains it. Jiva Goswami himself, he was like a fisherman. And he baited the Adwaitans to ex- let them experience the Bhagavatam. Okay. He had baited them with their philosophy by putting that into some of his commentary on on the Bhagavatam. Okay. So Jiva's saying, we're not gonna we're not, I'm I'm only gonna use Sridhar Swami is the best commentator on the on the Bhagavatam as evidenced by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself. So we we're, we're gonna take his commentary and it's gonna be used primarily along with some of the commentaries of Ramanujacharya and Madhavacharya. So I'm going to use all these great Vaishnavs as as giving substance to what I'm going to present from the Bhagavatam. So they're going to be my evidence. They also are, especially Madhavacharya. Madhvacharya had the greatest the greatest library of the day. He had a photographic memory. He went all around India. And he got he he assimilated a, a huge repository of of literature, Weissdorf literature, where he wasn't allowed to actually sit down and copy the book like a temple would say. Oh no no, you can't copy our scripture. Well, he had a photographic memory. He would read the whole thing. He'd go out and he'd write it down. It's said that he he accumulated the greatest liter- the greatest library of the day. And this is. Uh, it's about 3 or 400 years before jiva goswami right. so yes um it's interesting that also in fact when i was studying this i was thinking of the falvad it's like mm-hmm. even shridhar swami used it by dis- interspersing in his bhagavatam commentary mm-hmm. things in an impersonal way just so those Impersonalists would read his commentary knowing that what? Well, in the same way that Sukadev Goswami was also he was a Jivan Mukti he was completely liberated but once he started hearing the verses of Bhagavatam he was immediately attracted to the personal conception of the Supreme. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Thank you so very much.